0: All right, I'm not hearing me. There I am. I hear me now. Can you hear me now? All right, good deal. Hey, thanks for coming to Doorsville this morning. We are glad, Facebook friends, glad that you are here with us this morning and mm-hmm. really excited about what God wants to do. Wasn't the worship great today? Mm-hmm. I tell, Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't hear anything. Let me try it again. Wasn't the worship great today? Yeah. yeah, amen. Yeah. All right, good deal. You know, that that nothing, you know, graves in the gardens, graves, yeah, graves in the gardens, gardens in the graves, whatever it is. Anyway, that's going to be a series and I just can't wait. To do that. That's going to be our theme song for that series because that's a powerful, powerful song. Hey, we're in week number two of our new series Old School, New School, and the old school idea is what 2020. Revealed to us, okay? What twenty twenty revealed to us, and then in in the new school twenty twenty one, you know, how are we going to resolve that? What are we going to do with those lessons that we learned um, in twenty twenty last week? If you remember correctly, we talked about God and us, God and us, and the thing I want you to take away from that is is that God's perspective of you will never change. God's perspective of you will never change. However, we've got us and God today. In other words, our perspective of God. And guess what? Sometimes that does change, especially in difficult times like we've had in 2020. Often that turns people um, away from God. You know, I was hearing great glory. I was reading one of his devotions. He said, you know, that, that Strife, that, that that toughness can cause us to run away from God or can draw us to God. So my question is, what has 2020 taught you about your perspective of God? Um, you know, that song again, you know, the, the nothing song says, you know, uh, nothing is better than you. Was well, that your perspective? Or are you, or is Jesus better than nothing? Is nothing better than Jesus? Or is Jesus better than nothing? What's your perspective? You know, do you believe his eye is on the sparrow and, you know, he watches you? Or do you think he's asleep at the wheel? Did you spend a chunk of your 366 days last year thinking, you know, God, I don't know where you are, but you're not here right now? You know, what caused us and how did it cause us? What did it teach us about how we view God? Okay. Now, now I mentioned this last week, but we're going to build it even bigger this week, and that's this concept, this idea about the question. Okay, about 2020. Okay, so the question um, is not what did 2020 do to us, but rather by God's sovereign grace, what did it do for us? You know, the question is not what it did to us, but rather what it did. Now, if if the first one, if you see 2020 as, you know, it did it to us, okay, there's a really good chance if you think that 2020 was something that did something to you, okay, especially in the lens of God's sovereignty, then you might be one who, you know, again, you know, feel like life is a bunch of circumstances and, you know, consequences and we just kind of bump our way through it. Okay. However, if you do believe in God's sovereign grace, three important words: ob- obviously, Almighty God, sovereign mean over everything, and grace is unmerited favor. If you view it through that lens, then you might be able to see some ways that 2020, what it did for us. us. Now. Again, we are big fans of Romans eight twenty-eight. All things work together for good to those who love God, who are the called according to His purpose. A couple of key phrases there. You know, one obviously is the concept for those who love God. That verse is a promise to those who love God, and it does not teach us that everything is good because we know it's not. We are nearing. We are nearing almost four hundred thousand people that have, whose deaths have been attributed to uh, the COVID virus. I mean, that's that's incredibly tragic. It really is. But can God bring good things out of 2020? And I believe the answer is definitely yes. Now, again, you know, 2020 didn't rattle the father one bit. Didn't rattle, didn't rattle. You know, this year, this past year, the father was up in heaven going, Oh, no, oh, no, we've got to have a, someone call a staff meeting. That was not the case at all. It didn't really. But here's the amazing part, and I mean this this really, like nothing else I've ever seen, you know, it sure shook his kids. I've never seen anything shake the church, the body as a whole, like this event has. I wasn't around for World War II, don't know how that worked out, played out. World War I, I don't have that played out, okay? Uh, I. I, I did live through the 60s and that was pretty radical parts of that. I, I see newsreels of the 60s and go, how in the world did we survive that? But I've not seen anything that shook the church like 2020 has. And you've got to ask the question, what's up with that? What's up with that? And I really think here's the here's the answer. And by the way, hope you've got your worship app out. hope you've Got you version, and then you went to the corner, and you hit more, and then you went to events, and you got it open, so you can take notes this morning, and you'll have the scriptures right there. But but here's one thing I know for sure. It has to do with us and God. It has to do with us and God. The reason, I really believe, the reason why it shook his kids so much was because it's how we perceive God, how how we see God. It's one thing to see God when things are going well. It's another thing to see God when it's not quite going so good, okay? So so I really want us to handle, I want us to be honest. You've got to be honest, okay? But I hope you'll be honest today as we look at this, okay, and see, you know, how we did. Here, in fact, write this question down if, you, if you're taking notes, okay? How did you and God do in 2020? How did you and God do in 2020? When when you look at, and I, again, I can tell you how God did. God did fine, and no matter how Many warts and failures and frustrations and fear you had. I want you to know something. God did fine. God's over here looking at you going, I love him. I love her. No deal. Okay. But how did you and God do? Honestly, in the darkest days, whatever that was, it may have been last week and it may be yet to come, but, but honestly, how did you and God do? How was your faith in God? Well, Psalm 139 Written by David, and and our David read just a little bit of that, okay? Six incredible verses, powerful verses, okay? We're going to look at the first six verses of Psalm 139. And and here's what I want you to see, okay? It's like David, David in the Bible now, David in the Bible is saying, oh, from where I sit, oh, from my perspective, which is what we said, us and God, us and God. And, And this David, you know, he was, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, he was chased by Saul for years. His his son betrayed him, Absalom betrayed him and and wanted to have him killed. But, But David said, hey, from where I sit, this is how I see God. So my challenge today is for you is to say, okay, from where I sit, this is how I see God. Okay, let's jump in. Look at Psalm 139, verse 1. Psalm 139, verse 1. It starts out, and keep in mind, imagine David saying, from my perspective. From my perspective, O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. So, so David, the shepherd, is saying, you know what? One thing I know about God, here's what I know about God, you know, is that, one, he, he looks at my heart, okay, and, and he knows everything about me. That's an awesome God. That's a powerful, powerful God. Let's break this down. You know, you've examined my heart. You know, the setup, once again, is David. Um, Jesse, Samuel's been sent to Jesse's house to find a new king. Saul's messed up beyond the point of being able to be king. And so God's looking for a new one. And so he sends Samuel to Jesse. And Jesse has all these sons. I think it's eight of them. Has all these sons, okay? And he calls them all together, all right? And, and he doesn't tell Jesse, I'm here to appoint a new king. He just says, have your sons pass before me. Okay, and so they start coming. All right, and the first one is Eliab. Now, Eliab is is um, tall like Saul. Okay, he's a warrior like Saul. He's strong like Saul, and frankly, probably he has the same character flaw as Saul, and that is his heart, his pride. You know, Saul's big deal was he was so full of himself. And I can just see Eliab as he struts across the stage there. He's full of himself. Okay? So that's the deal. Samuel sees how tall and how strong. And he's a warrior. Sees all of that and goes, this is the one. This is the one. But listen to what what God says to Samuel. In verse six, 7 of 1 Samuel 16. But the Lord said to Samuel... Do not look at his appearance. Now, let me break that down for you, okay? What, what God says to Samuel is, I don't care how tall he is. I don't care how strong he is. I don't care what a good warrior he is. Okay? So so he says, Don't look at his appearance or his statue, how tall he is, because I have rejected him. And again, I personally think that what was wrong with Eliab was his heart. Okay? Here's what he here goes on and says this Humans Humans do not see what the Lord sees. Humans do not see what the Lord sees. Um, in Isaiah 55, you know, God says, Hey, 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 my thoughts are bigger, higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than your ways. You humans don't look the way that I look, okay? Listen, humans see what is visible. Humans see what is visible. But the Lord sees the heart every time. The heart sees the heart. I'm sorry, the Lord sees the heart every time. See, if it came down to giftedness. Oh, this, this, there's a young preacher and oh, he can just, he's a, he's a word crafter par excellence. Okay? All right? He's got giftedness in the pulpit. Over here is a man who doesn't have that gift near as much, but he has a heart for God. God chooses the heart over giftedness every time. God chooses the heart, you need to know this, God chooses the heart over giftedness every time. Um, again, a long time, oh, probably five years ago, I was reading an email, and they're talking about hiring staff. You know, when you, if it comes time to hire staff, how do you hire new staff, okay? It says if you come down and you've got one man who's just... Totally gifted. Let's say it's a worship leader. He's got every music skill you can imagine. He's got charisma on the stage. He's got all of that, okay? And over here is a man who doesn't have that talent necessarily, but man, does he have a good heart. And the question was, which one do you hire? Now, what we, we would hire the guy with the talent, okay? Which one do you hire? The man, the, the pastor said this, you hire the man with a heart because you can teach giftedness, but you can't make a heart. You can't make a heart. So it's really important. You know, God looks down. David said, from my perspective, you know, God is a God who looks at the heart, but he's also a God who knows everything about me. Now, now we can do all the sin we want to in private, and we can hide all that stuff, and we can do all that stuff. You know, here's the deal God knows everything about you. But, But here's the good news. Here's the good. Again, write this down. You know, here's the good news God knows you inside and out, and outside and in. But he loves you anyway. He, look, 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 Lisa, he sees all your warts and loves you anyway. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, Bob, God sees you through and through with all your warts and all your imperfections, but loves you anyway. I love what Toby Mac said. Toby Mac's a contemporary Christian singer, and he does a quote thing um, that we get every once in a while. And Judy found this one, and I said, oh, my gosh, that's a good one. You know, here's the deal. I gave God a million reasons not to love me. I gave God a million reasons not to love me. None of them changed his mind. Somebody say amen. I'm t- that'll make you, so- you want to shout. That'll make you want to shout. I gave him a million reasons not to love me. Not one of them changed his mind. And you know what the best part about that? It is true. It is so true. So be grateful. For, David says, from my perspective, you know, he, he examined my heart and chose me. He, he knows me in and out and keeps me. How amazingly wonderful is that? Now, we move to verse 2. David says, so from my perspective. From my perspective, you know when I sit down and stand up. See, he knows the the details. You, You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know when I'm ready to rest and you know when I'm ready to move. Stepping outside of the meaning of the verse. God, you know when my heart's so low, I can't stand it. You know that. But God, you know when I'm up. You know when I'm just wired for sound and you know I'm so happy, the sky's blue and the birds are singing, you know it so well you you know me when I sit down and when I stand up see see, God is a God of details. God is a God, and you ought to be blessed by that. God is a God of details. He's the kind of God that counts hair. I mean that's what Jesus said he said. He knows the number, hey, Kurt, he knows the number of hairs on your head. You could call him, get on your knees this afternoon about 3 o'clock and say, hey, God, do you know the numbers of hair on my head? Trust me, he may not respond and say, well, Kurt, is four. No, 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 no but you can count on this. He knows. He, he is a God who counts. He's a God who checks on sparrows. He's a God who checks on sparrows. He, he, he says, hey, did y'all know at, at 4.03 this afternoon, you know, in Harrisburg, seven sparrows fell? Did you know that? That don't bless our hearts. What an incredible, incredible God. <laughs> Do you know he's watching over you? That's what Mama T sang a song for. Someone needed that today. Maybe somebody on Facebook today. You needed that. You need to know that God is a God of details. He knows when you're up. He knows when you're down. He knows when you're ready to rest. He knows when you're ready to move. And he's watching over you. Every single day. 366 days in this leap year of 2020. And every day he watched over you. Every day he watched over you. You know, Proverbs 69 says, A person's heart plans his way. You know, James, James said in James 4, 13, Hey, I think, tom- I think tomorrow. You know, we plan. <laughs> we all plan for a great 2020. We all plan. all it's going to be a you know, year of a new decade. New this and new that. Oh, it was new, all right. Just nothing that we ever imagined. God knew, by the way, but we didn't know. We didn't know. A P- person's heart determines their plans, his ways, but the Lord determines his steps. We can make plans, but it's God who calls the shots. Now, that's good to know. Because, see, your plans can fall apart. But, yes, thank you, Lord. God's sovereignty never will. God's sovereignty never will. We don't know this. Someone said 2020 was a dress rehearsal for 2021. I hope not, and I don't know, and you don't know either. The one who knows that is called God. But, But here's the deal. Here's the deal. You need to know His sovereignty is on you. Was it Psalm 90 where God the Father says, all your days were planned? Teach us to number our days, O Lord. He knows. He's sovereign. He's good. And you can trust Him. I love Deuteronomy 8:2. We're going to have several scriptures that refer back to the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness and fixing to go in the promised land. But in Deuteronomy 8:2, it says this, Remember how the Lord your God remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness. Now, Moses is saying to the kids, to the children of Israel, remember. Remember how he led you. I don't want you to forget 2020. I want you to remember. I don't want you to be bound by it, but I want you to remember it and the lessons you can learn from it. So so remember, he says, how God... What did God do? He led. From your perspective, did God lead you in 2020? Or do you think He went to Florida with everybody else? No, He was leading. He was leading. Remember how God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years or these 366 days, and now we're in a new year. Okay, He was humbling you. I tell you what, this has stretched me as a leader. I don't mind telling you, I've never felt so much of a weak leader than during this time. Sometimes I didn't know what to do. If I did this, I was wrong. If I did that, I was wrong. It was crazy. It was just crazy. And by the way, I'm not alone. The country is filled with pastors who said we simply did not know what to do. And guess what? I'm still not sure at 2021 what we should do. So he humbled us. Did God humble you somewhere? Did God humble you somewhere? Did he shake you down just a little bit so that you rise? you couldn't handle it? You couldn't do it? Hmm, I bet so. He goes on and says, he tested you. He tested you to prove your character. He tested you. You know what 2020 was about? I don't know all of it. But it was a character test. But you know, and we got shook pretty bad. You know, they, back in, well, even now, but, but they take, in the biblical times, they would take the silver ore and they put it in a, in a blast furnace and it would melt down and all the impurities would flow to the top and then they would scrape off the impurities and let it melt some more and scrape off the impurities and, you know, melt some more and scrape off the impurities till finally you could see the face of the silversmith in the metal. In the metal. He did this to prove our character. He's proving, he wants to prove our character as believers in Jesus Christ. And then he said this, and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Now, it wasn't for him. He already knows. He knows our warts and loves us anyway. But you, you needed to know what you were going. It's easy. It's so easy. You know, these people say, if somebody was holding a gun and was going to shoot your wife, would you step in front and take the bullet? And you say, of course I would. I would take the bullet. Well, she's standing there. Of course you're going to say that. Okay? (laughs) Would you take the bullet? It's so easy to take a bullet for someone when it's not real. But what about when it's not? That's different, isn't it? See, so, so to find out whether or not you will obey his commands. You know, God says, I put you through this. I want you to know. I want you to know what you really believe about me. So how did you and God do in 2020? See, they always say, if you want to know a person's spiritual death and areas, you look at their checkbook and their calendar. If your checkbook is all about the world and your counter is all about the world, guess what you got? The world. You love the world. Okay? Same thing here. How did you do in 2020? Did you line up with the rest of the world that's saying, you know, bad, negative, bad, negative, where's God when you need Him? You know, God, or, or, did you find out that what you really believe in God is, that God is God. That God is good, and that God can be trusted. Amen? Amen? Alright, so, so we move on. Look at, look at verse number two, the second part. So, he says, you know, from my perspective, David says, from my perspective, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. I love this. Lord, Lord. even though I'm way over here and you're way over here, God, you still know my thoughts. See, David knew about this because he committed adultery. There was a time when David was not close to God. And he said, God, you know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. I love the story of the prodigal son. Okay? Now, when the prodigal son was so far from the father, guess what? The father knew what was on his mind. See, he knew the son. And he knew that son would eventually turn. He knew the son would come to his senses and come home. That's why he waited and looked. He was looking every day because he, he may not have known. Now, of course, God knows the day. But in the parable, God, you know, the, son may not, the father may not have known what day. But he knew the son was coming home. So he kept watching. You know the thoughts, even though I'm far away. See... As a child of God, as a child of God, you are always on his mind, even when he's not on yours. He's always on your mind. He's always on your mind. God has you on his mind, even when you don't have him on your mind. Isn't that great to know? Come on, isn't that great to know? It's powerful to know. See, see the brain is so powerful. This thought thing is so big. You know, someone said, you know, living for God requires, 2020 2020 required, 2020 required that we yield our thoughts to Him. Am I the only guy in the room that knew we were bombarded with junk? Okay, so, 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 living for God requires that we yield our thoughts to Him. We yield the process of thinking to Him. That means every thought should be filtered through the Father. I mean, how different would your thought process been in 2020 if you did that? Okay, Father, what do you think about this one? Throw it away. What do you think about this one? Throw it away. What do you think about this one? Yeah, keep that one. Would that have been different? Would that have been different? Yes, it would have. Yes, it would have. So it's important then that we understand that every thought should be filtered. Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish. Somebody say Demolish. We tear down, we destroy, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So everything you heard from the media, everything you heard from outside sources, and everything that you read on Facebook that was anti-God, tear God down, God's dead, God's out of control. You know, God's not sovereign. Destroy it. Amen. Destroy it. Amen. And then he says this. Take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. See, we tend to dwell where our mind lives. We tend to dwell where our mind lives. And if our mind is saturated with junk and garbage and all the stuff of 2020, that's where we're going to live. That's where we're going to dwell. But if we saturate our lives and our minds with the Word of God... That's why Paul said, think on these things. When we saturate our minds with the things of God, that's where our mind's going to be. So, so, question, question, question. How's you and your mind done in 2020 when it comes to God? You know you. What have you thought about most in 2020? Has it been the garbage? Or has it been the God? Oh, God. I, I didn't tell you. Y'all getting stuff they know you can get in first service. You already figured that out, haven't you? Wednesday is my birthday. And it's also a terrible day for our country. Judy sent me one short, brief text that said, shots fired in Washington, D.C. I didn't go any further with it. You see, as a practice, I don't watch the news. Call me ignorant or call me peaceful. It doesn't matter. When we allow... Stuff to get in our brain over and over and again. It pollutes our brains. I'm not saying we should be ignorant. I'm not saying sure we should stick our head in the sand. I'm just telling you we should have more God stuff in our head than we do world stuff. Amen. All right? So we should have more God stuff in our heads than we do world stuff. You know, look at, look, it ties in. Look at verse number three. You, you see me. From my perspective, David says, you see me when I travel and when I rest. When I'm resting at home, you know everything I do. You see me when I travel, and you see me when I rest at home. Again, you see everything that I do. I'm so glad we have a God that that's big. A God of the details who knows when we travel and when we're sitting at home. Okay. Now again, another another scripture Okay, from Exodus 13, this time, with the children of Israel. But I want you to get this. Listen, this is Exodus 13, 21, and 22. The Lord went ahead of them, and He guided them. The Lord went ahead of them and guided them. Um, God is the leader. God is the leader. Okay, God's the leader. He, he's not a pusher. He does. He, you know, God. You gotta understand this. God does not get behind and do this. Y'all, come on now. Come on. <laughs> shoot, shoot, come on now, come on, come on. He's a leader. He's at the front leading his people. He's at the front leading his people and guiding the people. So, So the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them, how? During the day with a cloud, a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. So whether day or night, he led. Hey, 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 Barbara, in your darkest hour, he was leading you. And see, in the broadest day, in the broadest day, guess what he was doing? He was leading. Day or night, he led. And he led in different ways. One day, he led with a cloud during the day, and the next time at night, he led with a pillar of fire. And I love this. Look what it just simply says. This allowed them to travel by day or night. Day or night, God was there to lead you. Day or night, God was there. To lead you. The old hymn says this Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes when Eden's flowers bloom, by waters calm or troubled sea, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he's a God that stays with you? That stays with you? And I love it. Listen to verse 22 of that same chapter. And the Lord did not remove the pillar. Well, y'all messed up. I'm going I'm to take my presence away from you. you. You didn't follow me good enough. I'm going to take my... No! No, he did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. God won't leave you or forsake you. God won't leave you or forsake you. He, he's, he's, he's made the commitment. He's in for the long haul. He's all in. He, again, I said last week, I'll say again, he's wild about you. You know, Dwayne, can you just prove that one more time? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. This says God's wild about me. God, this says God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. And He's not going to leave you or forsake you either. He is in for the long haul. Verse 4. You know, from David said from my perspective, you know, God, you, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Whew, That's loaded. You know what I'm going to say even before I... First of all, let me say this. That's just good news. It's good news that he knows, but it's good news he knows what you're going to say and loves you anyway. That's good. You know, James, James chapter 1 verse 19 says, Every person, every person should be quick to hear and slow to speak. From the half-brother of Jesus' perspective, he said, You know what? We need to be quick to listen and need to be slow to speak so to speak so listen before you speak you, you might hear this still small voice and it just might be saying don't husbands if we practice this our marriages would be so much better kids if we learn this you your relationship with your parents would be so much better hey parents same way with the kids listen you might hear a still small voice saying, don't say it. We, have, we, we, the kids of God, have been guilty of spewing too much stuff. Spewing too much stuff. And the whole world's listening and they're going, well, they're no different than us. They're no different than us. Jesus said this about prayer, but it sure offense. He's talking about, you know, he's talking the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, now don't be like those who babble. You know, Somehow figure out that prayer is all about the number of words and how big the words are and how spiritual it sounds. Don't be like that. Don't be like them. Your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. So He knows what we're going to say before we say it and He knows what we need before we ask. Isn't that a great God? Come on, isn't that a wonderful God? He's yours if you know Jesus. That's the one you serve. So how did you and God do in 2020? How did you do with him? All right, verse number five says this. You go before me and you follow me. You go before me, that's providence, pro video to see before, okay? So you go before me, but also you follow me. This is so cool because remember I told you God's a leader. He's up front of the pack. He's leading. But sometimes in his wisdom, he moves to the back. And there's always a reason. Watch, watch. Going back again to Exodus uh, 14 this time, the kids, the children of Israel are backed up against the sea. Okay, that's where they are. Listen to this. Then the angel of the Lord, okay, i.e. Jesus in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord who had been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp. So let me just tell you something. When the leader moves to the back, what what should the people do? No, honey, we're going to stop. Because if your leader's not at the front, how are you going to know where to go? If the leader's not at the front, no, no, you know what you do? Hit the pause button. When your wife calls you for supper, honey, supper's ready. I mash my pause button. I don't say, go ahead. (laughs) This would never happen. Go ahead without me. (laughs) I'll catch the food later. No, me and fruit go way back. We go way back. Hit the pause button. So, so we've got to be sure that when God, when, when God moves to the rear, there's a reason, and we need to hit the pause button. Okay, now watch, watch, watch. It's very clear. You know, then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear camp, and, and the pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. Now, why did he do this? The cloud settled... Between the Egyptian and Israelite camps. camps. So here it is. So we got Israel backed up to the sea. We got the Egyptians over here. All right? So we got one camp here and one camp here. And the cloud settles between the two. All right? Now let's read a little bit further. As darkness fell, okay, remember the changing situations. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But here's the important part. But the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. What is the deal? The deal was, God's got a plan. Guess what with 2020? God had a plan. Guess what 2021? God's got a plan. And here's what the deal is. He said, some rogue lieutenant in the Egyptian army may get a nose up his hair, hair up his nose. (laughs) You never know what I'm going to say. A hair up his nose and says, "Let's attack!" And that—that that wasn't God's plan. See, God's got the enemy under. God's got the enemy under control, Brent. God's got the enemy under control. So He didn't want that to happen. Nor did He want some rogue lieutenant in the Israeli army go, "Let's attack them. We can take them. We can do it." That wasn't God's plan either. So what does God do? He puts a barrier up. He puts the cloud of holiness between the two camps so they can't mingle until God says so. And when God says so, the Red Sea is going to open and the Egyptians are going to follow them in. The Israelites are going to make it and the Egyptians are going to drown. That's what the plan was all about. So so when God moves to the rear, we need to stop and wait until he's at the front again. Verse 5, the last part we'll call today. <laughs> Thank you, brother. He's all you know, I like that. You know, your play, you place now watch, come on, come on. From my perspective, David says, you place your hand of blessing on my head. Now you know, back in the Old Testament, when when a daddy or a granddaddy would pass a blessing, he's passing on a future and a legacy. A future and a legacy. And what David is saying, God, you put your hand of blessing on us. And you give us a legacy, and you give us a future. Someone should have said you you should have said amen. The future. Do we have a future? Well, let me ask you a question. What can, what can Satan do about that future? Nothing. Somebody say nothing. 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 We have a legacy. We have the legacy of the cross. We have the legacy of the Christ. We're, we're the bride of Christ. We have a legacy. What can Satan do about that legacy? Nothing. He has put, God said, you know, David says, my perspective, God, you have put your hand of blessing on my head. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul. Paul's just like rapturing out. You know, you know blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, who has blessed us, past tense, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. So we have us, that's a plural us, and we have every blessing. So so we have Brent here. Alright? Brent is one of the us. So is Brent blessed? Why are you all so questioning about that? He's a good guy. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> you know, okay, so is Brent blessed? How much? Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. Hey, Denzel, did you know you're blessed? Is Denzel blessed? Whoa, 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 whoa. How much? Every spiritual blessing. What about Dave Bradford? Should have quit while I was ahead. Is Dave Bradford blessed? Yes, he is. Well, how much is Dave Bradford blessed? Mm-hmm. Oh, Miranda. Hi, Miranda. How you doing back there? Hey, is Miranda that? She's a girl. Are girls blessed too? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Without women, we'd be in deep weeds. How much is she blessed? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's someone that's not here today. And the, you know, they're Christians. They're just not in church. And you're going, yeah, they're not spiritual as I am. Really? Really? Are they blessed? Yeah. How much? every spiritual blessing. Isn't that wonderful? I could go around to every person in this room including me and here's the deal. Paul said who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. How? In Christ. Not us. In Christ. Because of that. He goes on and says this. For he chose us. He chose us um, before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love. Before him. Ain't that wonderful? Isn't it? See, we serve an amazing God. You know, the last verse, you know, says this. Such knowledge, David says, from my perspective. He said, from my perspective, such knowledge is too wonderful and too great for me. It's too big. It's too amazing. It's too great. I actually looked this up. It says... Beth, I'm going to use that slide with the with 26 letters. You know, God in us. It's just overwhelming. Us in God, God in us. How great God is. It's just overwhelming. 26 letters won't get it done. So you know what I did, don't you? Well, yeah. I went on the internet. And I found out that the Kamar... And that's actually Cambodian. The Camar language has the most letters. 74. So since English won't get it done with 26, talking about how great and how good our God is, maybe, just maybe, we should learn Cambodian. Because God is beyond worthy of our praise. Nothing is bigger. Nothing is bigger is stronger, no matter what you're going to face this year, no matter what you faced last year, your God is greater. Amen? Amen. So, so, first question again. So, how did you and God do? It's okay, be honest. He, by the way, don't tell him, you don't tell me, but if you want to tell him, it's okay, he can handle it. I mean, he's God. He can handle you going, you know, God, I didn't believe you, son. I just need to be honest with you. I didn't believe you. I lost faith a long time ago. It's back now because, you know, life is kind of like getting back to normal. But frankly, in the middle of it, about week seven of the shutdown, I didn't tell you, God, I kind of like maybe you got beat on the throne. That's okay. Just tell me. Just tell me. How did you and God do in 2020? But there's a bigger question. How are you going to do in 2021? Are you going to be like David and say, from my perspective, this is how I see God. And do your best in our 26 letters to proclaim how great he is. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. I hope this was a blessing to you today. I hope this was a blessing to you. We all didn't, I didn't do well sometimes with God. If I'd have trusted him more, I'd been a lot less frustrated. I need to tell you that. So no one, you know, we got wards. We all got wards. We all got failures. But I want you to know God never one time changed his mind about you. And he'll follow that same principle and promise into 2021. He will. You can trust him. It's true. It's true. Now, if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, you're on Facebook, and you've never really nailed down this Jesus thing in your life. Um, Brent, my friend, will be standing here. But if you're on Facebook this morning, we'd love to talk more about you. I haven't gotten my phone number out in a while, so it's uh, 618-499-0070. Give me a holler. Give me a time to get a nap this afternoon first. Um, But give me a holler. I'd love to talk to you about Jesus. He's the real deal. He's the real And he can do what he said he would do because he is who he said he is. It's that simple. So we'd love to tell you about Jesus. If you're here today, the altar is going to be open. And we invite you to come. And just pray. We've got some folks who will pray with you if you want that. We'll put a mask on and if that makes you comfortable. And we'll pray with you. But maybe you want to just stand and sing and talk to the Father. And just you know, tell him if, if you had some doubts in 2020. But tell him also this. That today, today, you choose to believe that he is the God of the universe. And that he can handle whatever. Comes your way, like we say, five days a week. He's got this. He's got this. God, thank you for being incredible. Thank you for being good. Thank you for being real. Thank you for showing up. I'm real grateful. Thanks for the great worship we experienced. Now, Father, this is your time to speak to the hearts of your people. We ask that you'll do that. And Jesus, I pray in your precious name.